Coming to you from Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge in Ingalls, Indiana. Indiana's exclusive Aladino Cigar Lounge. It's Final Third Friday. Welcome back to Final Third Friday. I'm Rob. And I'm Isaiah. And today we're going to do a couple of things. We've got a couple of things going on. Yeah. The first one has been a, uh, I guess, a taste-off yeah. that I've been talking about for way too long. And I finally brought the bottle to do it. So we're going to so, do yeah. our Starlight uh, Ryan Port versus uh, Midwinter Night's Dram. This is Act 9, Scene 4. Um, this is 98 point uh six proof and it's a great ryan port but we feel like our our pick probably is better than even that which is kind of going to be shocking to some people if for nothing else it's a whole lot more accessible so we'll put the the midwinter nice dram in the old the oldest logo the old logo oh yeah or the first logo not the old one mm-hmm. and then we'll throw in starlight in the newer logo yeah Rob, what are we smoking today, man? So today we're going to be smoking the the brand new release from Crux. It's the Crux um, Epicure Habano. Um, This is filling out, I believe it's filling out their entire Epicure line with where they're going with it. They may have another one coming. I'm pretty sure this is the last one. Um, This is a Habano over Nicaraguan. So if you've ever had the Epicure Connecticut, the Maduro, or any of those, this is just filling that line out. And this thing's been smoking great. We've been yeah. selling a lot of these, and it's smoking great. I haven't even smoked one of these yet. I'm looking I know you had, and that's it. why I was yeah. excited to share it with you. Yeah. So, yeah, and something else we're going to do today, because we've had a lot of people ask us. Um, we, you know, I used to do a lot of cigar reviews, so I had, you know, kind of created this um, calculator. Um, it's actually a pretty general calculator a lot of people use to actually number rate cigars. And... Um, what we're going to do is kind of go through this cigar as we're talking and just kind of write down our ratings and um, see if we can come up with a, a pretty consistent rating for this cigar today. Yeah. Um, this is the first time Isaiah's done it, so it'll be kind of fun yeah, to talk, I, walk uh, him through it as well. So uh, we're rating the Epicure today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, um, like I said, the way this starts out, um, the first category is appearance and construction. Yeah. And you have three. You have wrapper, construction, and texture. And you have a rating of one to five. You can get up to five points. So, I mean, it's really just about looking at it and seeing what you know what you think of the construction-wise. I mean, mine's got a really nice, solid, you know, triple cap on there, I believe. Yeah. At least a way. double, if not a triple. So um, uh, what sort of things would you find that would knock it as far as construction? Like, um, are you talking about if the cap's work? loose, the cap's loose. Um, if you have some, you know, some gap in the, in the way the wrapper um, goes, you know, runs around the cigar okay. in, in the angles. So you're not trying to judge the leaf itself. Just you do. How it was- yes. That would be, that is the wrapper appearance. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so if the wrapper looks gnarly. Yeah. You know, it may be a great tasting cigar, but it could knock yeah. a point off us on on looks. Um, like this one here, you know, it's, it's a little bumpy. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not not perfect. Yeah, I've um, got a little light spot in mine too. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing to. I mean, I would never knock off a bunch of points just based on tobacco leaf color and stuff like yeah. that. Just because, it, I mean, it is a natural product. My big things I always would do is check 
make sure the cap's on there properly. Um, and even sometimes I'll cut it and see how the cap handles the cut. Oh, okay. Um, and if it starts popping apart, then obviously that's going to lose a little bit too. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Okay. Um, are you using you the know, V cutter or straight? I'm going to use V. Which one okay. are you going to use? I'm going to do V. Yeah, I, I always like to test it with V because it does tend to um, really test the cap. And the cap held up perfectly to it. Yeah, it did. So, you know, on the on the wrapper of this one, I'd probably give it about a four. Okay. Four and a half, maybe. Yeah. And you can do half points, too. So I'm just going to go four on that. Um, Construction-wise, I mean... Mine looks great. It looks perfect. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it's got some bumps, but that's just leaves. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good construction. Texture is when you kind of you kind of feel it and you don't squeeze too hard. And you just make sure there's no, like, massive knots and stuff okay. in it. So um, if there aren't knots or anything in it, it just gets textures a five. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, mine mine feels pretty pretty good, snug but good. So on the appearance and construction, this cigar. Yeah, I mean, got a fourteen. Fourteen out of fifteen. 15. Yeah, exactly. So. so and then at the bottom of this, I'll always write additional notes. I'll just write notes about the you know cold draw, okay. how it's drawing, all that stuff too. Yeah. Um, the way this sheet runs out, you have a lot of numbers you're filling out, but then also you have flavor notes. So you can write down the individual flavor notes per third. Yeah. So what are you getting on the cold draw right now? The cold draw for me is a, um, it kind of is a sweet hay note. Almost a cocoa puff a little bit. Oh, okay. I'm getting a little bit of cocoa, but it is that sweet hay. And I, I could be tainted. I just finished my coffee on the way over here this morning. So, so yeah, the um, on this one, I would just put um, for me, cold draw is is that um, sweet, sweet hay. I couldn't think of the word sweet. <laughs> sweet hay, and then maybe a little bit of cocoa, but it's very mild. Yep. It's not like a San Andreas cocoa. All right, let's get into this bad boy. Yeah. I'm getting excited about trying these two whiskeys as well because um, I don't think we've done this yet. I'm not sure we have. Um, but we've had them both, and I'm with you. I think the starlight's going to shine. My thing is with the Midwinter Nights Dram, if it were readily available, I would buy that all the time. Yeah. The fact that it's allocated is just ridiculous to me, especially at its proof and the quality now act nine was one of the last like quality years for for that um act 10 came out and got piss poor reviews except for the encore the encore was wonderful but the thing that also changed in between act nine and act 10 was um ownership of the distillery so. ah okay interesting Oh, that initial retrohale gives you a nice, nice blast of spice that just barely lingers and then kind of fades off. But yeah. then it comes back to the red pepper in the nose after after a couple seconds. It's really bready on the palate. It is. Like it is. It's like it's almost French toast bready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that because like, the. The creaminess of the smoke is like <coughs> almost custardy. Yeah. Um. So, 
you know, if you're ever interested in doing this just for yourself, it's a it's it's kind of fun to do it. I will tell you, after doing it for a couple of years, um, I found that it's a lot less enjoyable than just sitting down and relaxing and enjoying your smoke. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're not going to enjoy our smoke as much as just sitting down and relaxing, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, the spice on the retro hail is really nice too. It's just, it's almost uh, more along the lines of like a spicy cinnamon than a, mm-hmm. than a real pepper. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling it more as like that cayenne pepper, but I can definitely see it being that spicy cinnamon too. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and something else we got to look at today. And I don't know if we're gonna smoke. We'll probably smoke these eventually. I don't know. Probably not today. Okay. Um. But the they're called El Talon um, by Jose Dominguez. So Dave um, Payne brought these in and gave them to me, and these are actually a 100% stem cigar. Yeah. So every, the entire cigar is rolled with stems. So we were going to smoke it. Probably going to taste like crap. Um, but when people say, "Oh my God, my cigar has a stem in it. It, it won't burn," this is going to prove right now that stems burn just fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we're gonna try that. We may try it today. We'll see. We may see how quick this yeah. goes, but, and uh, see if the battery dies before then. Hopefully not. So did I see it's your little lady's birthday? Yeah. Her well, her birthday is, I guess, a couple weeks ago when this comes out, but it's uh, June 29th. So oh, that's when Haley's yeah. birthday is. Yeah. So. That's funny. I didn't realize so, they had the same uh, birthday. She talked me into taking her to a lavender farm to celebrate, and that was fun for her. That sounds like someplace my wife should have taken her to. Really? Lisa, Lisa would have loved that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Victoria ate it up. They like That's had, cool. They had a picnic for us and some sort of lavender wine, which uh, was a fine. But, uh, yeah, she hey. loved it. She ate it up. And it made her really happy. So good. here we are. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's what it's about. Make sure she's happy on her birthday. Yeah. But um, no, man, it's been a crazy weekend of concerts. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. Friday night, we uh, we went to Symphony on the Prairie and saw the Harry Potter. Um, they did like the Harry Potter soundtrack. Oh, yeah? Which I've never watched Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the symphony was great. Like what? it's the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra. They're fantastic. Huh. The other fun thing about Symphony on the Prairie is you can just bring whatever bottles you want inside yep. with you. Like yep. they're not sitting there regulating it. So I actually brought this midwinter night's dram <laughs> in with me and a four roses barrel strength pick and a Weller 107. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have yeah. options. Yeah, yeah. Me and the couple we went with, we had quite a bit of fun. <laughs> and uh, last night, I went to... Uh, yeah, so Saturday... So Friday night was that. Saturday night was the Lavender Farm, mm-hmm. which was great, except for my allergies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, last night was... Um, a Young the Giant show, which I'm oh, not yeah? even sure you've ever heard of them. I've right? heard the name. I don't. Okay. I probably yeah. know none of their music. No, but they're crazy good musicians, oh, yeah? dude. Yeah. Um, the they had two openers, or maybe yeah, kind of two openers. One was Talk, and the other one was uh, Milky Chance. Okay. <laughs> 
And uh, I'm not sure anybody listening to this show cares, but Milky Chance sucked like <laughs> so bad. It it was like was he the opener for the opener or was he the second one? He was the second oh, one. Oh, so you'd expect him to dude, be building it up. Okay, so talk is this this dude. I had never it's watermelon man. Yeah, that's um, where you're going. <laughs> I had never heard of them, but he straight up he straight up owned the stage. Like this is a bigger guy. He came out in green overalls and a bedazzled t-shirt. <laughs> Like wearing like what you wear to church. Yeah. Wearing Crocs and he had glitter all over his face. And I was like, what are we in for? (laughs) And then he did some straight up eighties rock music. The final song of his set was, uh, the song that the class made in school of rock. Oh, that's great. dude! It was hilarious. And like to celebrate, he kicked his Crocs into the crowd. <laughs> like Dang. L- legitimately so much fun that was great and then milky chance came on and every it just kind of mm. lost the that's crowd. where everyone went and got their drinks and yeah. stuff gotcha speaking of drinks i think i paid 17 dollars for a course banquet last night <laughs> it is the champagne of beers it is the champagne of beers now granted it was like uh it was like one of those big gas station size still not worse no. 17 bucks should have got you a case of those buddy. yeah i know i know but hey hey you know what you gotta pay the the musicians to come pay to play so pay to play yeah we're gonna get in these whiskeys too oh yeah by the way i'm also getting um i'm trying to, there's like a cookie kind of quality in this right now i'm trying to think about cookie not almost, butter cookie. It almost reminds me of like gingerbread cookie. Yeah, but not so gingery. I'm trying. There's a cookie like that. I can't think of what, it, what it's called. Molasses. Man, maybe I don't know. It's almost just like a bready cookie, but I can't think of what the name of the cookie is. But I'm getting that kind of cookie note in it too, which is kind of nice. Not a sweet cookie. That's probably leaning back towards that French toast kind of thing going too, though. So. Okay, um, but let's so, get all right. The so what you want to start out on ours or why don't we start on midwinter nights because that when you that one's a little bit lighter. It is if I lower proof. Right. Yeah. So proof on midwinter. Uh, ninety-eight point six, and okay. ours is one hundred five six. Yeah, one hundred five six. So we're seven points higher on the starlight, which already is a win in our books. I mean, it's got a beautiful nose. Yeah, I mean, especially for a first pour of the day. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, 10 o'clock in the morning. It is, is 10 o'clock is, in the morning. Believe it or not, it is my first pour of the day. Yeah. It's all, I mean. Well, you know what we learned on the last show is one drink a day can lower your risk for stress-related heart attacks. Yeah, it does. You got to make sure you have your 14 in. in a day increases it slightly. Okay. It's so, funny because the, fir- the note on the first one here is more Yeah, on the floral. It's uh, floral and lighter on the on the red fruit and on the on the starlight. It's just heavier on the red fruit. Yeah, but you can definitely the starlight's you can a def- little bit brighter too. It is. You can tell very. You can tell side by side that these are in the same world. Yeah, they are. I mean, the noses aren't that different between the two. If they're not competitors, they're brothers. Yeah, yeah. We're kissing cousins. Kissing cousins. Yeah. Is that yeah. what you do in Elwood? No, that's what you do on the east side of Indy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rob, I'd never heard of Elwood till I worked here. 
Why would you? Yeah. Oh, that's got that's got a beautiful kind of mouthfeel on it. Super viscous. It is. Has a lot of those pork qualities. It has some baking spice in there too. It does, but it's not heavy pork. It's almost like a really, really young tawny pork. Yeah. You know, not not aged. Where I think when we get into ours, I think that you, that's where you get that almost twenty year old uh, tawny pork going. That's actually, I mean, it's really, really nice. It is really nice. Now, what's the price point on that bottle? So they shot up last year, and they were all sitting around the $150 mark at the store. And this is half of that price. Yeah. If you were to buy this at Starlight right now, it'd probably be 75 to 80 bucks. Yep. Interesting. So why is that one? Is that just like a certain number of bottles they blend together to get this release every year or um it, so it's it, not a single barrel is it no it's okay. not and uh it's their limited edition um so they uh let's see yeah so all they say on this is finished in french oak port barrels bottled by high west distillery so okay it's a blend of straight rise a lot of it is um uh, I mean, a lot of it is, and what it used to be is all uh, MGP in in port barrels, but now they've started blending in their own stuff. And I think on Act 10, they did all their own stuff, and people said, hey, hold up a minute. We weren't ready for this. Yeah. And nobody liked it. Ah. <laughs> Well, because like High West Double Rye, it's Double Rye because it's their rye and MGP rye blended together. Right. It's two different rye mash bills. Okay. It's wonderful. Okay. It's fantastic. Well, and Isaiah's idea of bringing these two together was only to bring them together to compare two similar whiskeys. Yeah. Not because, because... if you guys know us well, you know we love High West. Oh yeah, and we love Starlight. No, so I'm this was actually more of like West. a comparison of seeing a bottle that's half the price of another bottle and how much they can compete to each other, but also how different they can be. Yeah. So, so I mean, and like I said, this is probably the last good year that we're gonna have of uh, a mid midwinter night's dram. First of all, beautiful bottle. Like it's been one of those bottles that I chased forever. I cracked it open and was like, huh, this is not doing as much for me as I hoped it would. Nah. You know, it was one of those bottles you try at a bottle share, or maybe I was at somebody's house doing a tasting, and it was just kind of a goat bottle in my head for a while. And then yeah. I finally got one, and I was like, oh, mm. it's been a couple years since I tried that, and my palate's developed a little was bit. Was it the same year? No, uh, no, no. I had tried in Act Six, I think. Gotcha. Um, but you know, it, you get what you get. Yeah. When you're getting a highly allocated, like this is their, this this is uh, High West yearly limited release. It comes out in that O N D period, October, November, December, which is when everything else drops too. That's when your B tax come out and your pappies. Your Midwinter Nights Dram comes out. Heaven Hill normally does a release then. So Okay. Well, I'm ready to get into the um, Starlight now. Yeah. 
Yeah, the starlight's a little bit brighter on the nose. Yeah, that's interesting. Ton more flavor. A lot thicker on the palate. Oh, a lot thicker on the palate. A lot more flavor. A little bit spicier, too. It is. You def The ride definitely shines through more on this. Yeah. Which is what you want. I mean. It's what I want. That's what a lot of people, you know, when they try the Angel's Envy for the first time, they really like it if they're newer to whiskey. Or, I mean, if they just like lighter, lower proof. But it's so port forward, you lose the whiskey in it. Yeah. Where this one, you still keep the rye, but you're getting that port, too. Yeah. It almost makes it, the fruit, not quite so so much port, but almost like a different kind of fruit a little bit. Almost like a, not raspberry, but kind of a, I don't know, what, what fruit am I thinking of? It, it, um. Uh... You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. It's doing something a little, and maybe it's it just because we're coming it, off of this. Well, one. it kind of reminds me of like the chocolate covered raspberries. Could be, yeah. yeah, a little bit sweeter raspberry. Yeah, that could be it. Or like the, um, oh, who is it that makes those? The dark chocolate covered pomegranate. Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, that might be like what I'm thinking. The flavor, pomegranate. Yeah. yeah, that might be what it is. Yeah. Um. Okay, Rob. Are these two comparable? Comparable? Yeah. You think they're in the same class? I think they're in the same class. Okay. I think they're different animals. They are different animals. But I think they're I think they're in the same class. And honestly, I wouldn't be disappointed got either one of them in a, in a pour. Uh -uh. Um but yeah, they're definitely they're definitely very, very similar. Um they're different enough to where you'd want it's nice to have both bottles, but yeah. they're not they're not different enough to say I've got to have, you know, this over this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's all I wanted out of today because it's like midwinters is good. It is good. Is it $150 good? I have trouble with that. Well, okay, so here's a question for you. I mean, taking money out of it because, okay. you know, you invest more money in a bottle and there's a perception that it's always better. Yeah. Which one would you rather drink on a daily basis? On a daily basis. On a daily I know what I'm saying. On a daily basis, I honestly might go midwinters. Would you? Like if it were a fifty dollar or under bottle, I'd say, yeah, I could do that. The nice thing about it is it's low enough proof that drinking it in the summer's great, all that stuff. I there is a difference in between the two. That's for sure. There but is. it's not as far as I thought it would be. And Same here. I thought the Starlight was going to be a lot more viscous and a lot more yeah. thick on flavor. But they're, And it could be we're drinking them side, side by well, side. Well, and the, the Midwinter's just is a little bit... Has a lot more of those dark notes in there that I enjoy. But the Starlight... I go to that bottle all the time, you know? Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you had your choice, what would you drink? Um, I'd probably go Starlight. Yeah? Um, I just like the little bit thicker viscosity on it. Um, I like that, that fruit popping a little bit more. Um, but either one of them I would go to e easily. Yeah. And part of that could be the fact that I've got a crap ton of this. Yeah. And I don't have that. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, both of them are good though. I really enjoy them. That was actually a fun little experiment to play with those two. I do really like the viscosity on the Starlight. If yeah, that Midwinters was higher proof. I think it would kill. Oh, I think if that if that was at the same proof point there, I think they would be a way more similar than than not. Yeah. Because oh, I yeah. think that's the only reason why is that's seven points lower. Yeah. That may be the only thing that's taken away from that fruit and viscosity. Could be. So how's that cigar treating you? Dude, this cigar is wonderful. And in fact, it's bringing out a lot more of the baking spice quality in this cigar. Yeah, um, I started getting a lot of the cinnamon baking spice. The uh, the retrohale now has some of that breadiness. It, like it just reminds me when you turned on the toaster with yeah, bread in there. It does. Yeah. It does. Almost like a wheat toast. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really. And the, but the what I like about it is like the, when you first retrohale, it's like oh, it's nice and it's not bad. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. <laughs> made me sneeze. <laughs> made me sneeze. But that uh, red pepper just like lingers in the nose. That's what made me sneeze right there. So, I mean, we're just barely into the first third, too. This is going to be a slow burner. This is a uh, some things to talk about. Really good Habano. It really is. Um, and do well, you and still have some in there? Of what? Azuli Oro. <laughs> the what? Azuli Oro. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This shares a lot of same, like, flavor characteristics with the Azuli Oro. Mm -hmm. This just has more going on in the retro hail, which... I would agree. It's a little bit stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Well, and Tony um, Haugen, shout out. We're going to start drinking to shout some shout out. outs. Um, Tony's the uh, the rep from Crux, and he's uh, we're set. We're trying to work on an event with him to come in here and and promote his brand, and also just get to know him. You guys are going to love him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, but he brought one in for me to smoke a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Damn, this is a really good addition." Yeah. I mean, it's right up there with with any of the other cigars in our line. I think I I think I still lean towards the Bull and Bear is my favorite. Yeah, the Bull and Bear is fantastic. Um, but that's not part of their Epicure line. That's a specialty line. Yeah. So, my goodness, mm. I'm loving this. It's like once the weather gets hot, I just migrate to Habanos all over again. Yeah, that's what I was I was walking through the humidor yesterday trying to figure out what I want to smoke, and I'm like trying so hard to figure out what's what am i in the mood for and yeah. i could not come up with anything yesterday really and i i mean i smoke cigars but i'm like nothing was just like going i really i really want this today yeah the only thing that I was really wanting was the warhead nines but uh, i've got such a limited supply of them i don't want to smoke them all up ooh, <laughs> yeah that's what i'm worried about because we were i was gonna have a smoke that today but i was afraid by the time this airs we It'll might be, be out of them so yeah. I'd hate to do that to people, but oh yeah, especially with the event coming this week. Yeah. So by the time you guys are hearing this, we've already had the Espinosa event. Hopefully, you got in here to to meet Eric because he's yeah, such hopefully. a solid dude. Yeah. Oh man, it's a. I'm really excited about that Warhead Nine. It's the, good. Yeah. I suppose the one. shape weird. Like to smoke. you would think, but it's really not. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of shaped like the warhead thing going, <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I would have liked to have done that on the show, but it really makes no sense because we've we got a hundred total cigars and yeah. they're not going to last for a week. So you went on a barrel pick. I did with Dirk. Yeah, 
Okay, first of all, how was it? Second of all, how was the quality of the stuff you were able to try? Well, first of all, doing anything with Dirk's a blast. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy, him and his wife, and then a buddy of theirs. Um, it was just the four of us picking. And um, all, all of them were fun. We had a great time together. Awesome. We drank a metric shit ton of liquor while we of were course. there. And, um, but the quality of the stuff they got coming out is insane. Really? Um, cause that's what, that's what we were kind of worried about. And I don't know yeah. why we're worried about it, but cause you know, the only things we've ever tried from hard truth that, that we've liked have been yeah. the new sweet mashed rice, which there's been four of them, I think. Yep. And they were all solid. Good. Everything we tasted out of the barrels, even their bourbons, they've not released yet, which they're going to hold on to till close to six years. Mm. Is delicious already. Wow! They've got a cognac, bourbon and cognac that's insanely good. They've got a rye and cognac that's insanely good. Wow! Um, yeah, they've got some special stuff coming. And this pick that that we did is a it's a sweet mash rye, and it's really really tasty. Um, but yeah, I mean the experience was great. I mean we we got to meet. Chris, the the main distiller there, which he's got a, a wine background. Okay. Um, but he said, you know, once they got the distillery going, his passion is one hundred percent in in distilling, and that's where his world is now, and he is absolutely loving it. Did he and talk about where he came from before then? Uh, actually, I think he came from Hard Truth Winery side. Oh, okay. He's a young guy. Yeah. He's he's. I would guess he might be thirty. Cool. He's a young guy. Um. But he um, he's working with a lot of different finishes right now, and um, they're they're building a. I think they were saying they're trying they're building a rickhouse every year going forward wow. for the foreseeable future, and you know they're almost they're I think they're about three quarter capacity on the rickhouse we were in, and they'll be starting to fill up the next one after that. So they're they're making a lot of product. Um, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Indiana's. They're on the move, man. We yep. got we got Starlight, and you got Old Fifty Five, and you got um, Hard Truth, and you got Spirits of French Lick. They're just absolutely killing it now, making different things, and um, I'm I'm excited to see where you know these next smaller distilleries start popping up and making their own stuff now, yeah. and as it starts aging out, because Indiana's starting to get on the map, and Hard Truth is definitely in that world right now too. Let's take a moment to hear from our partners. Is your closet starting to feel a little weak? You know, like shoddy fabrics, misshaped, tired designs? Then Seven Strong brand has exactly what you need to reinforce your look. We're talking a four-way stretch of polyester, cotton blend, silky smooth, breathable, and above all, true to fit while keeping its fit. No? Well, what about our hidden collar button with reinforced stretching? It's pretty strong. Or how about designs that get you a standing ovation no matter the occasion? Happy hours to baby showers, the flight to date night, even from the shore to stepping out to the store. Seven Strong brand has button-down shirts that will transition you from one place to the next and make you stand out every single time. And for listening to our show, new customers get $5 off their first purchase with code FINALTHIRD. 
Not to mention, all orders over $50 qualify for free shipping. And you know, just like any label on a bottle or cigar, these shirts are going to be a stamp of quality every time you wear them. So find your strength and style by checking out 7-strong.com, as well as following 7strong brand on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our wonderful new table is brought to you by Deadwood Live. That's D-E-D Wood Live. Go check them out on Facebook and see what Derek can do for you. From bars to tabletops to a giant podcast table, they specialize in making super high quality furniture from live edge woods and reused barrels. So reach out to them on Facebook and see what they can do for you. So at Hard Truth, uh, did they already have barrels selected for you to taste out of? That was the only disappointing part was we had three barrels to pick from. Just and, three. And all three of them were fantastic. Okay. Um honestly, I picked I picked different than the other two did, other three did. I picked the third barrel and they they all picked number 2, which was spicier. Number 2 was, was number 2 spicier. No, number 3 was. Number oh. 3 had more complexity. They were using the spiral cut inside the barrels yeah. on number 3 which just deeper, richer, more oh, complex. Wow. Yeah. But I think the balance on number two is a little bit better, which hit all their palettes better. Honestly, I could have picked one, two, or three, and I'd have been happy with the barrel pick of it. Um, but it was it was a fun experience. They're like I said, they're trying different things with the barrels. They got some spiral cut, they got some straight up, they got some toasted different levels. Yeah. So they're they're doing some fun stuff there. And then we um I mean, they really treated us right. We got down there, we had um what's wrong? No, nothing. Oh, I thought you were listening to the song. No. <laughs> um, they they started us out with food, and we got there, and they fed us. Yeah. And they fed us well. Is their food good? Their food's really good. Yeah. It's a it's a good little restaurant. If you get a chance, it's right just outside of Nashville, and um, it's a fun little trip. They got a great restaurant, tasting room. Um, now, I mean, we'll tell you that you know they <laughs> there's like oh here while you're waiting for your food here's a tasting board of all of our liquors, and they literally bring out a four by four by eight of the little communion cups of just all their liquors. So you're drinking all that while you're waiting. So, uh, I mean, they really, they really treat you right. What all do they like? What all do they have? I know, I know they still have some MGP rise there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'd be interested because I don't think I talked to them about, I don't think they really talk much about that because they're really pushing forward with their stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what they're doing with that now. Okay. They could be blending with that down the road or something. I saw that a couple stores had picks of their MGP rise. Um, actually Noble in Anderson, uh, the store off of Scatterfield had a pick of their MGP rise. Oh yeah. You know what Noble also had? What? The Whiskey Witch. Oh really? A pick of Whiskey Witch. Huh. And it Did was you get cheap. it? No, I didn't buy it. Why not? It's it was a, cheap. You just said so. I need to quit buying stuff. <laughs> I say that, but I just bought a four roses pick. Exactly, week. exactly. But now they, I, I mean, like one four roses pick a year, though. You know, I get another one of those ones, like the one down here in the last year. I would, I definitely get one of those. Yeah. But, but now they, um, you know, we we actually did the the pick, and then we did a, an ATV tour. And their ATV tour is not like, oh, let's look around on the ATV and look at all the property. No. 
Dude was balls to the wall, man. Zooming through trails. Oh my gosh! I mean, he's sliding sideways around trails, almost nailing trees and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, he knew what he was doing, but he was he was definitely in the in the mode of trying to scare the hell out of everybody That's in the car. Why they got you liquored <laughs> up. Oh, and then you'd stop. It's like the very. He's like, we we get up there and get ready to start, and like, okay, everybody, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take a drink here, and you take your cup, and they poured you know their white dog at full proof. I don't know what proof it was, but it was hot and uh shoot that down you're like okay here we go we get on the thing fly down the trails to the first stop get another pour of something else drink that fly down the trails hey, are you having glenn karen's on this thing no or? it was plastic cups oh, okay. <laughs> yeah but it was it was fun <laughs> I, it would have been more i honestly i think that would have been more fun if they could have just went slower and told us more history yeah. But I think as long as the trail was they where we stopped, that's where they were telling the history. Yeah, they actually have a floating rickhouse I've on heard the pond. About this. It's got one one barrel in it yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> They've had up to two barrels in it. It's super tiny, but they're like, yeah, we're trying to play that whole Jefferson's Ocean game with our little pond. At least they're <laughs> honest. Oh yeah, but it, I don't know when they're going to do anything with it. But it was kind of funny that they're doing that. Yeah, but it's it's a really cool spot. And I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do in the future. Yeah, that'll be cool. And that barrel pick, I don't know when they're gonna be getting. I'm assuming it's gonna be like everybody else, a couple months. Um, be you know, get out there on Indian or follow Indiana Bourbon on Instagram and Facebook, and get yourself a chance to buy one of those bottles. It's all obviously gonna be going to the End of Watch program, um, but it's also gonna be one of the best things that Hard Truce put out yet. I think. Wow. That I've tried. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm sure there's been other barrel picks that I've not seen. Yeah, but that one's really going to be good. Oh, awesome! Do you, do you have any update on our barrel picks? Do you know when I don't anything's coming? No, no I was going. I'm going to probably start bugging them here right at the beginning of July, just because they told both of them told me it was going to be at least mid to late July. So I'll start hounding them then to yeah. see when we're going to get them. Oh yeah, because Elijah Craig, I'm super stoked about and then hopefully we'll we'll probably get the um the spirits of french liquid maybe shortly after that yeah. may not be too much further after <laughs> that so that'd be awesome i'm really excited about that elijah craig pick i am too especially since it'll have set in a barrel for a little while longer i wonder if uh we're not going to make 11 years but we'll be pretty close but we are within a month of 11 years probably from what i understand Heaven Hill is pretty regimented, which I'm sure they have to be. When they say this is when we're going to do our part, they've already got it scheduled to do their part. Oh, yeah. That, the only thing that might hold us up at this point is if the distributor can't get it to us as quick. But I'm assuming if Heaven Hill gets it to them, the distributor wants to get it off their hands pretty quick, too. I'd imagine. I'd imagine. That's a, a lot of money. Also, it's a quick it's quick money for the distributor. It is because it's just like, well, this is already going somewhere, and they've already committed to buying it. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're real excited about those, man. I can I cannot wait to get those in. Um, we we were just doing some inventory yesterday too, and we still have, believe it or not, we still have six or seven cases of this left, and that was our second pick. Yeah, yeah. So. It stuck around. It stuck around, but we also got a lot of those bottles, and I ended up buying a lot back from from the Bourbon Club because yeah. he hadn't sold them yet. So, yeah. 
Which, hey, that's fine. It's, it's great. It's good to have some staple picks. I mean, and that's solid. Uh, we still have a lot of the backbone. Yep, a lot of the backbone, a lot of the peach street. Yeah. That's good. So we'll definitely that's have plenty of barrel. And that's what's going to be kind of fun, too, is we'll have, you I know, by the end of this year, we can we'll have, have a whole shelf of barrel picks. That would be cool. Yeah, it would be. We'll definitely have five here in another month or two. So, yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. And it's funny too because I didn't, you know, I'm I've always been more of a cigar guy. Yeah. And um, barrel picks has become one of my favorite things to do. I just think it's a blast. And um, now Lisa doesn't always like it because she's got to pay the big bill whenever we get the the barrel in. But <laughs> but it's a lot She'll of fun. Live. Oh yeah. The the fun thing about barrel picks is it it is a. Uh, it's a really easy way to learn more about the industry because you're you basically have the people that work there, the people who are who are doing it uh, as a captive audience while they while they walk you through it. And uh, exactly. Yeah. Like, it is a real educational thing. It's also cool to go see where the stuff has been made, because a lot of times, I mean, like on Elijah Craig, you just go and pick it up at the liquor store. It's like, right. No, this place makes Elijah Craig. Right. Like it's made here before it shows up at Elite Beverages or whatever. Well, and it's fun to do them at small distilleries as well as the big dogs because you, you see kind of the difference in the two, and you get to hear the histories of different different levels. I mean, obviously, Heaven Hill has a rich, long history way, 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 oh, way yeah. back. You go down and talk to the guys at Hard Truth or Starlight or any of those, like, their history is a little shorter but they still have really cool history. Oh yeah. And to hear them all talk about it, obviously everyone feels like they've done something. They're the only one that does something or they're, they do something a little bit different and that's cool. But honestly, it's more stretching the truth than anything else on most of them. Um, But it's cool to see that people have, you know, the passions are all very similar, but the way they get there can be very different. Definitely. Okay, so, so I just saw that you wrote down your your points for the first third. Yeah. For the first third, you can get five points. So yes. What yeah. makes it a 4.5 instead of a 5? Um, only, I think, the, the complexity. Okay. So, like, right now, on the first third, you know, I got French toast, um, that kind of cookie note, which is probably leaning towards the French toast, the cinnamon baking spice, and then red pepper spice on the red trail. Really nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know what would take it to a five. Okay. There, I think a little bit more complexity. Um, so when you're talking complexity, are you looking for like just a flavor you can't pinpoint? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, either more either one I can't pinpoint or something outside of those kind of bready qualities. Okay, so um, something outside of the typical realm that you yeah. expect. Yeah. Now, if it was something I didn't like, yeah, it would be a two and a half or three. Okay, but I I love this, so and what, I very seldom will give, especially in the first third. I very seldom give a cigar a perfect score in the in the first third. Okay, um, because I, my 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 goal on a cigar is that, of course, because we call this place final third is the final third is the best part of the cigar. Yeah. And it should continue to develop and get better all the way through. So on the Knuckle Sandwich 55, would that be a a, f- a five-scoring first third? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because it, it pops you right off the bat. Yeah. And it doesn't transition a ton, 
but it's got all the flavor and all the complexity all the way through. Yeah. So, so that you, one. So a five is wow. Yeah. It's it's uh doesn't get any better than this. Yeah. And it didn't have to be that it's like oh it's my favorite cigar. It's based on this cigar. Yeah. So yeah, I mean you you may be lower, you may be higher. Um, again, this is all subjective. I mean. We may come out of this, and Isaiah's got rated this cigar an 85, and I've rated it a 92, or vice versa. It doesn't, I mean, honestly, ratings really are, are just your way of saying how much you like a cigar. Yeah. Um, the, the, the scale is kind of nice, too, because, like, if you have, if you get a cigar that you rate 95 to 100, so this, this actually, if you add up all the points, 100 is a perfect score. Um, 95 to 100 is cream of the crop. It's, it's, the best of the best. Best of the best. Um, 90 to 94 is excellent. So really anything over 90 is a really great cigar. Yeah. And then 80 to 89 is good. 70 to 79 is average. And then below 70 is poor. Um, I very seldom get to the point where I'm below, um, below 80. So let's say you get a cigar that's just brown paper bag. Where is that going to sit for you on the scale? Honestly, I won't rate it. You wouldn't. No, no, because that's one of the things. When I when I would get cigars to rate, if someone sent me cigars and it was absolute dog rocket and I don't want to smoke it, or it's just brown paper bag, I'll I'll reach out to them and, and tell and by them. By brown paper bag, we mean the tasting note is brown paper bag. And if you ever get one, you'll know exactly what we're talking yeah. about. Um, I honestly would reach out to the, the manufacturer to say, hey, this is not my jam. Um you know, if, you, if you're looking for any input, I'll be glad to, glad to give it to you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to put out a bad review because obviously this is their baby. Yeah. And someone loves it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making it. And um, so I don't, I'll never, I'll oh, never shit on a cigar they, that and way. And they put a, a lot of work into that. They do. And a lot of money goes into mm -hmm. it. So to, to release a review that is poor, especially when you're on a, uh, a scoring system like this. Yeah. It really could hurt a company that's just starting out. And there's a lot of factors. I mean, because, I mean, really, if you start looking at it, the flavor um, on a cigar is only 25 points of the cigar. Yeah. You got 15 points for the appearance and construction, 25 points on the way it smokes, and the overall experience is 35 points. So you should be, I mean, if it's a well-constructed cigar... Even if it tastes like crap, you should still be at a decent point yeah. to start with. Yeah. And um, it really takes a lot to get one to drop below 70, in my opinion. Yeah. There are some people out there that will do it. And that's what kills me, too, is like I've seen people give ratings, um, point ratings, not even use the sheet. They're just basing on how much they like the cigar. And there's a guy, oh, yeah, this is probably a um, 90. And it's like there's no basis of that other than the fact that they – they liked liked it, it nine out of ten, and it's like that's not really the way to to truly rate them if you're looking to really break it down. Yeah. But yeah. again, like I said, if you and if you do want this, let me know. I'll I'll send you the sheet, and you can play around with it yourself. It does take away from the enjoyment of just relaxing and smoking a cigar. It really does. Yeah. But but it is fun, um, especially on a cigar that you know you like. It would be interesting to like to have the cigars that are in your rotation and just have a uh, smoking session yeah. where you're just smoking the one, rating it, 
Then maybe a week or so later, you smoke another one that you absolutely love and rate it. And it's just another way to experience it. Uh, granted, it's more analytical. Yeah. But it is a cool cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I didn't create this, um, this sheet. This was a sheet that I saw somewhere else. Someone else had... I mean, it may have been it may have been a aficionado or somebody. I just kind of tweaked it with a few things that I like on it, but yeah. um, it's nothing nothing new. This actually all started from um, wine wine enthusiasts that would actually go out and rate wines. This actually was a similar kind of process that they changed over and created it for cigars. Yeah, because um, why they've been doing this for wine forever. Oh yeah, and then. Wines, when you look at wines, a lot of them will boast about their ratings. Yeah. Um, cigars do they occasionally. Do too. Especially but, when you get someone like, like um, there's there's a few ratings out there. that Well, I mean, any brand that gets a rating from anybody is going to boast about it. Yeah. But there's some that mean something. Like, honestly, Cigar Journal, they do a good job. Yeah. I don't agree with all the people on their tasting panel, but... For the most part, they have so many people tasting, and they're doing blinds. It is what it is. Yeah. Aficionado is hit and miss on whether their ratings are great or not, only because I still feel like they do a lot of cigar ratings based on people spending dollars in, the cigar, in their magazine. Yeah. Um, cigar Snob does a good job. Um, they they do a really nice job. Um, cigar Coop, Will Coop, William Cooper, he does a really good job on ratings. There are a few out there that, that I would listen to. When you start seeing these ratings like, you know, Joe Smack over here rated this at 94, you're like, eh, who's this yeah. guy? We don't know who well, he is. I mean, he could be his best buddy. Who it's knows? the equivalent in the in the whiskey world of being like a going double gold at San Francisco World Spirits competition. Versus going gold at Indianapolis State Fair. <laughs> There's a big big difference yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, and I, I would even Say the same about the Ascot Awards, which I love. Uh, Fred Minnick. I love Fred Minnick, but there is a. Uh, I mean, to a certain extent, it seems like every single person that enters into that competition, because it is it is a lot smaller pool than something like a San Francisco World Spirits competition is. Yeah, it's just gonna get something. Like you'll at least go bronze. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's tough. I mean, especially considering that like Campari got a gold in there. You yeah, know? it's like this is a liqueur, Fred. Yeah. Well, and one the the thing I like that Fred does that's not his just normal, you know, awards is he will he'll do a blind of like. Eight, yeah. ten different whiskeys, and not no one in the entire group that's doing it will know any of them, and they will they will rate them. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes you get this fifteen dollar bottle that outperforms the hundred and fifty dollar bottle, yeah. and people are like, "Oh really? my god!" Yeah, but when you're blinding, that happens because your bias is out. You don't Which, you don't realize this is a hundred and fifty dollar bottle compared to a seventy dollar bottle. Yeah. Well, and uh, the other thing that he's done in the past couple of years is he's gone live on YouTube and rated whiskey's blind. Um, just doing a blind tasting. I think he did 25 last year. He did his top 25 and the year, year prior to that, you know what? One, 
or what came up really high was barrel seagrass. It just beat out some BTAC for wow. that night. And it was just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but in a blind, it performed better to him. And that dude is a whiskey sommelier. Yeah. Like, he knows his stuff. He does. I mean, he's judged on the panel I mean, uh, he's most no, years for San Francisco World Spirits competition. He's no Will Breeden. No Will Breeden. But he's close. Yeah. Will's actually working his way up through that the ranks too. Yeah, he is. He's got his he's been studying for his I don't remember what, what level he's on now, but he's he's gone through two or three different levels now of the whiskey classes to yeah. become a master. So we're gonna be uh having he's to have him on when he's an executive that, bourbon steward, which yeah. I am just bourbon steward. Same here. We both yeah. just a st- steward, which you can go and get on stick and stave. And take the, the just read the book and and take the test, and um, you can get that too. It's, it's actually very informative. It's a really good book. It really um, is. You know, as much as I appreciate uh, Tony and Fingers' book, "Let's Go Bourbon," the the Stick and Stave Bourbon Steward book is a crazy value for your money, considering how much information is built in there. And it does read like an a- academic book. It does. It's not a fun read. No. Um, but a ton of information. A ton of information. It's really informative. And just if you're at all interested in the bourbon world or you're starting a bourbon collection or, or whatever, that is that's something you should do. Even if you don't want to take the test, buying like just buying the program to get the book is worthwhile. Yeah. And if you're buying the book, you might as well take the test. Might as well. You'll pass. Because, I mean, I think it's like 50 bucks, 50 or 60 bucks. You get the book, um, and you get the the pass to take the test, and then you get the the, the pin that goes on your hat, the yeah. hat pin that yeah. shows your, your cross thieves. Um, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's a, it's a cool program. Um, and you mentioned um, Fingers and Tony's book. Um that is more of a throw it on your on your table, and the the guy that doesn't know anything about bourbon can pick it up, and literally in a few minutes can learn the 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 bare Basic. basics, the yeah. bare basics of what bourbon is. Yeah, I, I mean I, it's it's a coffee table read, whereas this one is like a you have to sit and focus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just uh, the Staven Thief book. I knew a lot of it. I uh, learned a lot when it came to the single malts category on that. Yeah. Um, but I just left that book in my car. And whenever I was waiting to go in on a meeting or something like that, I just read it. And uh, it was just an easy way for me to get through the book. Yeah. It's a great book. It's not a big book. It's uh, it's pretty thin, but it's packed full of information. Well, in the, the back of the book is like an index of just – like the big six distilling distilleries mash bills. Yeah. So it'll walk you through what the Elijah Craig mash bill is, what Evan Williams is, what Knob Creeks is. Yeah. So it's a, I mean, it is really, really informative. Well, and, and speaking of some of this, um, Will brought us both a sample of the, um, the Jack 12 and the Evan Williams 12. Yeah. What were your thoughts of those two? Yeah, I drank through them the other night, and uh, Jack's Jack, baby. <laughs> Jack is Jack. Oh, 
that Evan Williams 12 is really good. It's special. It is really good. The Jack 12, probably my favorite of the bunch. It was mine too, just because of the, the bananas just popped. It also had a better mouth feel. It did. Uh, of course, it is a little higher proof. I think the Evan Williams 12 is 101 proof. And I think the Jack's 107. So okay. that's to be expected. But they both... And I think I said this last week or maybe the week before. The thing that like a lot of the younger distilleries and a lot of the sourcing distilleries are missing is that refined oak characteristic where it is oaky but not over-oaked and it's not sawdusty oak. It's just here is oak as a cohesive flavor note. And both of them had that. Yeah. And it just... Is wonderful. Well, in the um, the Evan Williams twelve, you can only get that if I'm not mistaken at the Evan Williams Experience in Louisville. Yeah, which would be worth going. To oh, I want to. Just I, we're part. we're already talking about getting a few guys to go down. I I really want to do that because, I mean, the only the only I've had it. I had a taste of it at um, Heaven Hill, and then Will bought bought a bottle, and um, we had a taste of that. I really want to get a bottle or two for myself. It's that good. Yeah. it. I mean, it stuns me how good the Evan Williams mash bill is at that age. Oh. Uh, it's, it is. Like, that is. It's special. I mean, that. that's um, allocated whiskey level for me. Like, that's what all allocation should be. Yeah. Is something that just absolutely unattainable on the market otherwise. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy good. Well, I'll tell you, I'm still kind of floored on that that benchmark foolproof, man. Yeah. I was I was shocked at how good that was. Knowing what regular benchmark is and not I mean and I'm sure there's people out there that love it. It's not my jam. That benchmark foolproof was listen, and you had told me you'd shared some with me, and I yeah. totally forgot about it. But it's 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 pretty good, especially in that fifteen sixteen dollar price yeah. point. I I've only found it around the twenty dollar price point around here, mm. but it's a uh, even at that, it's still great. I mean, you're you're talking benchmark foolproof or wild turkey one hundred one. You know, yeah, it's you're talking what one twenty five. Proof, yeah, one twenty-five. Like one twenty-five proof for under twenty bucks. Yeah, it's it is a great value for money. Yeah, um, which Actually, is hard to, get to find the bar. in the whiskey space. It is. Um, yeah. So, Rob, mm-hmm. what do you think you'd like to do for the next final third barrel? Pack? Oh my gosh! Have you thought about that at all? Or I've thought like about it, and then I'm that? like all over the place. I don't know. Um, yeah, because because some of these have kind of fallen in our lap, you yeah. know, like the Elijah Craig one. We weren't planning on doing that one. Our next one was going to be the the pick with um, Spiritual yeah. French Lick, and when Heaven Hill comes calling, you say yes, sir. May well, have yeah, another. We had a week turnaround between a figuring week. it out and going. Yep, yep, which is amazing. Um, so you know, as much as I don't care about Buffalo Trace. If they called and said, you want to do a barrel pick? I'd say, Buffalo yes, sir. Trace I'll take another. Calling. They're but not. Do you know who could call us? 
Old Forester. That's one that that was one of my tops. Yeah. Of the of the big dogs. That's one of my tops next ones I want to do. That's one that I would really, really like to do is an old forester. Same here. And you know, even it I, I would even uh still in the Brown Foreman category, I would love to do a Jack Daniels single barrel pick. I would too. Um those are a couple on the, they only of the big re- dogs I've They been only about. release some of the uh Barrel proofs, like they only have a certain number of them, but even the black label uh, barrel picks are fantastic. Yeah, um, a lot of them taste like banana pudding, and you know what? That's great. That's not a I bad love thing. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm with you though. I, Old Forester would definitely be one, and actually, maybe I'll start doing some research on that. And maybe get one set up for either the end of the year or first of next year. Probably first of next year to get a big one coming first yeah. of the year. Um, cause there's not been a sing- any barrel picks of old Forester that I've had that I didn't like. Yeah. Some are way better than others, but yeah. Mo- I mean, that all the single ladies pick might be my favorite so far. So good. Might be my favorite well, so far. I capped my bottle off with you. Oh you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. It I still got some I'll share with you. Oh, it's okay. Um, another one, um, I'm, I'm cause if, if we end up selling through a lot, through the fall of what yeah. we've got, I might do like a short barrel of a wood hat. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind getting a Rubenesque in here. Um, we'll see. I mean, it just depends on timing of that. I know, uh, I mean, there, there's options for some of those smaller barrels that would, be, that would be a lot easier to get in on or even split with someone. You know, now that we're working a little bit with, with Dirk, you know, I'd love to be able to split some more of these barrels with him to help benefit his cause. But yeah. also bring less bottles in here, so we don't have yeah, so much so stock. That we can't have bottles on the bar, but without overwhelming our stock room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I would love to do an old Forester pick. Now they are the type to be like, here's three to pick from, and we already know the one you're going to choose. Um, but I would love. To get that, I'm I'm in for an old forester. That's gonna be my next one for sure. I'll be I'll, I'll reach out and try to get that going. So back to the cigar. Okay. Um, under the smoking characteristics, you have draw, burn, smoke output, and even light. Okay. Um, we're already into this enough now where we can start talking about that a little bit. This is where the cigar might drop a little bit for me. Just a few points, only because the the draw is a little tighter than what I like. Yeah, I, um, I, the burn's been great. A, uh, the burn's perfect. I'm not going to say anything about that. Smoke output's been a little low only because I'm having a hard time keeping it lit right now. And the light was even. It was perfect. So it's going to lose a couple points here, not a ton. So what would be a 10 on the draw for you? Um, And see, this is where it varies for everyone because yeah. I like a more open draw. So Padron. Padron. I love I love the Padron's yeah. open draw. Um, yeah. A lot of people like. I mean, I would say probably over half the people probably would like the draw on this over a Padron because they do like have a little bit more of a tug on it. A little bit more. I just don't want to yeah. work it. I just want it to work itself for me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm with you. The, is this a little tight for you? It. We say a little tight. No, this I, is nitpicking. It is. It is. I mean, it's it's burning fine. Honestly, because we're talking so much, that's why it's not stayed lit for me this time yeah, so i would give it a seven on the draw on the burn uh you have it is uh 
the top being the five. Yeah, my I, burn has been a little uneven. Has and it? It's kind of hanging up on some of the uh, uh, on some of the more veiny areas. Okay, which so is that kind of typical. But yeah, I would probably on the burn. It's not wildly uneven. I might give it a three and a half. Okay. Well, and one of the things I always is do with the burn. Is that unfair for the burn? It might be a little unfair. Only okay. reason why is because what I will do is if it does that, I'll let it go and see if it corrects itself. Okay. If it corrects itself, well, it's fine. If it does not correct itself and you have to correct it, that's where I give it knocks on the burn. Because I've got it notching over here. It's starting here, to come over there a little bit. Then, yep. And I still got a high spot over there. And I... uh I guess I'll see before I before I really judge the burn because Rob has a a five on his burn. Yeah, my, mine's been burning pretty evenly the entire time. This thing now I could change if it starts screwing up down the road. I can always change it. That's the thing you can always change these smoke output. I'm really happy with. See, and mine was a little lower than what I like on the smoke output. Mm -hmm. You still gave it a five. Mm -mm. What'd you give it? Three and a half. Three and a half. I mean, it's it's chimneying off the end on mine. Yeah, and it's going to probably go up because I can already tell now that I've relit it, it's, it's going good. It is not a cigar you have to double puff. Even though I am. Even though you are. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a four for now because it's actually doing pretty good now. I'm going to give mine a five on the smoke output. Just, and the light was even. It was perfect. It was a perfect light on from the beginning. Yeah. Which honestly... If you light it right, most cigars should light perfectly. So you get five points already. Yeah, you know? for the most part. I mean, the only time you're going to get one that doesn't do that is if you're doing like a little Perfecto or yeah. something like that. But honestly, that you should never ding it until after it's to the collar because those are never going to burn perfectly. No, I mean, it's like on the Rojas breakfast tacos. Mm -hmm. Those, every time I see somebody grab one. Just give it a minute. Oh, yeah. Give it a minute, and it will be a fantastic cigar for you. The they start off tight, but once you get it burned past that collar, and I will tell you, uh, my last couple times smoking them, I haven't even been toasting the end. I'll just straight up hold the lighter to the end and puff on it to oh, hopefully yeah. burn away some of that wrapper real quick so I get a op more open draw quickly. Granted, that makes me have to correct it, on the other end, but I'm able to enjoy the cigar a lot quicker. Yeah. Well, and that's why I tell people a lot of times when it's the first time they've smoked something like that is, you know, you can do it both ways. The first time I always tell them, just try it the way it was intended. Just light that end, puff it, get it going, and then just slow smoke that thing to the collar. And don't over puff it because if you over puff it, it's going to end up charring up on your not tasting good or you're going to get a wonky burn going. Um, but once once you get that collar on those cigars, just like the um, the Queen's Perfecto from Aladino on the Cameroon, yeah. it's tight on the first draw, but it's it gonna is. be. You yeah. get that first, get right to the collar, all of a sudden all those flavors just pop. Yeah, and that's what's nice about them. Oh yeah. So uh, it's slowly trying to catch up, but I'm not sure it's going to on this cigar. So it may be a ding for you on yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're definitely gonna have a ding on yours. So I'll, I'll give it a four um, because it's not so bad that I have to correct it. Like, it's not like it's yeah. canoeing down one side or something like that. But Well, and everybody has a different different time that they like to correct cigars. Um, I know a couple of reviewers, um, and they're, they're both on similar on the same panel. Um, one guy will wait until it's an 
a good inch on the wonky burn before he'll ever correct it. Yeah. I, the so other guy I've is like a, a half like inch, a quarter, quarter inch. inch right um, now. One thing I will tell you, don't just jump in and correct it to me. I know some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm anal about I want to do it. All you're doing is burning your cigar faster. Yeah. Um, and you might end up building some char in there as well. You don't, you don't always have to constantly correct it to make it look perfect. Um, you'll see some guys smoking them. That thing will be canoed all the way down the side and they'll just keep smoking it until it gets done and they'll put it down. Yeah. I'll never go that far because no, I want to enjoy the entire cigar. That's usually construction or you're smoking it so freaking fast that all you're doing is sucking down one side of the cigar and you're getting all the air coming through one side. Yeah, so I'm going to knock mine on the burn, and this is the second time it's happened to me. I corrected it once on this cigar, um, but I'm going to give it a four. So right now, um, in the smoking characteristics, you can get 25 points. So I'm at um, 21 out of 25. Yeah, and I'm at 21 and a half right now. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing so with it, it and see. Yeah. Um, and I now am on the second, go ahead and correct it. And yeah, and with the second third, because I'm I'm just now approaching. You're you're solid in the second third now. Um, yeah, we haven't the, even talked about the it. flavor notes have, have dropped some. Um, I'm definitely getting that wheat toast, almost a buttered wheat toast. Um, and that's the only way I can describe it, is butter uh, wheat toast. Uh, just because the smoke's creamy, or is that that it's slight that butter good, sweetness? It's got that kind of butter sweetness on the tongue, yeah, left okay. over, um, which I do like. I do like that a lot. Um, it almost reminds me, Rob, of rye toast, like a marbled rye. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, that's actually even a better better descriptor than wheat. Just because it is a little bit. It's a little bit more grainy than just a wheat mm-hmm. toast. Uh, on the palate, there's still a little bit of that cinnamon, but it's dropped off quite a bit. On the retro hail, it's red pepper now. Yeah, it is. And I was getting red pepper from the beginning, but that red pepper is still there and, and nice and solid. Um, the baking spices are still there, but they're... Um, they're a little bit more married. There's there's probably multiple baking spices going together, but I can't break them apart to see what's what. I, I could, uh, instead of calling it rye toast, call it wheat toast and like nutmeg or something like yeah. that. Just that slight veg. I say vegetal, not in a bad way. That's no. not a ding to this cigar. We're just pinpointing notes and nitpicking. So, Well, speaking of marble rye, if you're a marble rye guy, you need to... Have you ever been to Sunrise Bakery uh-uh. um, or Sunrise Cafe? Welcome to Food Talk with yes. Robin Isaiah. It's up off when of... When we get uh, our new soundboard, I'm going to make a stinger for Food, <laughs> food Talk. Food Talk, yes. Yeah. So they uh, they used to be um, over uh, around Keystone at the Crossing. That was the only place it was. Yeah. We used to eat their lunch all the time. And now they're, they're also opened up at um, 116th Street, kind of behind the Torchy's Tacos there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they have the most amazing grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. And they do it on their house-made marble rye, big, thick marble oh, rye yeah. with, like, four cheeses on there. Throw some oh. bacon and avocado <laughs> oh, on it. Dang. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I went by there, and I've been trying not to eat much bread, but I went by there the other day and had one, and I'm like, oh, best, best grilled cheese in the entire world that I've ever had. So good. 
uh, I am a big fan of Marble Rye. I am too. I, um, the store bought one I always get is Pepperidge Farms. Yeah. Um, but there was a place in Nashville called the Grilled Cheesery, mm-hmm. and it was I've been there. It was I mean it's a white girl sort of establishment. No, wait, no, no, no. I've been to um, Grilled Cheese and Soup or what, what's that one called? The they have one that's grilled cheese and tomato soup is their that's their menu and they have all these different yeah, iterations of it. I, I can't think remember what's it. Is I that what's called? The okay. Cheesery. Okay. My uh, favorite ever grilled cheese is from there and it is their uh, spinach and artichoke Ooh. grilled cheese. Of course, I'm a big fan of spinach and artichoke mm-hmm. dip. Um, uh, none of the store bought ones. I've never had a store bought one that was good. Nah. But. You get a good spinach and art like you. Somebody's grandma makes a spinach and artichoke dip. Nice, it's gonna be good. Thick and heavy. Throw it on pita chips. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wasn't gonna eat today, but now I'm. You weren't gonna to eat today. It's. I wasn't. It's eleven. Rob. I wasn't gonna eat today. Your diet. I've been eating way too much food these last. Few. Man, so back to the uh, hard truth trip. We were slammed, man. I mean, we were slammer hammered, man. We um, we ate four meals while we were there just to try to sober up. Well, I'm sorry. We ate three meals while we were there. I had to stop and get a sandwich on the way home because it hit me again. As I'm driving, I'm like, oh, oh here we go again. Rob. I had to pull over, get a sandwich, and take a nap before I came home. It was that bad. Oh my gosh! It was bad, and I haven't been that way in a long time. You lean your seat the back couch. in the. Uh, I did, I yeah. did, I pulled off. Uh, but I found me a Chick Fil A, grabbed me a sandwich, <laughs> pulled offside. It's laid there for about an hour. Oh my! I was gosh. so glad that Lisa didn't need me to come back in because I was not going to be able to make it safe. <laughs> yeah, man, that's rough. It was, yeah. They gave us. They you got know, you good. They got us really good. Yeah, yeah. They were not stingy on the alcohol, that's for sure. <laughs> I think that's come I think that's become what the uh bourbon market expects on a barrel pick. It's just like feed me alcohol. Yeah. And uh Well, and I'll tell you, if I was to go I'm back and do it, it again, is what it sounds like is they started they basically started you with the pick and then fed you things afterward. Is that correct? Um, well, no, we, we, we got there, immediately got there and ate, we had our lunch and of course had a cocktail lunch. I think I had an old fat or no, I can't remember what we had to drink there. Um, but then as we got ready to start our, you know, the tour, then we all got an old fashioned and we're walking around drinking old fashioned. Then we go do our pick and we taste all the liquors in the Rick house. And then we do the come back and eat again. They bring us back and get these biscuits, basically, that they make down there. Ate those up to try to sober up. And then we went and tasted more. It was, yeah, it was just a lot of of liquor. That's awesome. It was a good time. That is a good time. So, um, oh. When this airs, Rob and I are probably going to be pretty soon heading back down to French Lick to talk with Alan Bishop yeah. from Spirits of French Lick, and we're going to record a show with him. Please send in questions. Yes. Like, if you have stuff that you'd like to hear answered or stuff that you don't know about, if you uh, 
message them to Rob on Instagram or comment them on um, on the YouTube page. We would love to present those to Alan Bishop. And nothing is nothing is too much for him. He right. is in all all his cards are just laid out on the table. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I and once you and because Isaiah is getting ready to head out of, out of the country for a week and a half. Once once you get back, we'll we'll get that scheduled with him and get that set up. Because we're going to do it remotely down there at Spiritual French Lick. So we'll take all of our gear down there and yeah. it'll be a good time. Um, he's a professional. He does he does a ton of his own podcasts. So he'll be super informative. And honestly, it's just going to be us sitting back and letting him talk. Yeah. Because he's got so much knowledge he wants to share that you're going to be floored. When you, you will hear be. It. Uh, it, and really, it, it'll be... An amazing, it, I think it. I think it'll be an education in Indiana distilling across the board, or at least that's what I'm hoping for. I think it will be. Um, it's going to be an unforgettable episode, especially sure. Southern Indiana, because he knows he is a he's actually a true historian, um, and he he knows the entire history of everything that happened in Southern Indiana. Yeah, and um, just some of the things he shared with us about what several hundred. Um, apple brandy distilleries in Southern yeah. Indiana before Prohib- Prohibition hit uh-huh. pretty much killed all of them. Um, just some of that history is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic experience. Yeah. It really will be. It would be a... <laughs> I know it would be a lot, but it would be cool if eventually we could do a live stream distillation run. Mm. And just, well, and that's something we talked to him about when we were down there. Yeah. Is could we come down and actually distill with you? And he's like, absolutely. Yeah, I would straight up uh, run a camera for a live stream distillation run, and I, I think it could be well, cool. We could set it up on a day that they're actually that they are distilling. Yeah, and then we could actually go back and do some video along with that video. Might be a little bit longer video, but hey, yeah, I um, think it'll be one well worth listening to. Yeah. Or watching. I uh, I know on YouTube they don't typically like you to teach people how to distill, um, but this is a completely legal operation, and we're I mean especially for a bourbon nerd, even if they're distilling brandy that day, yeah, the basics are the same. The, your heads, hearts, and tails cuts, and uh, you know uh, first the first run and then and then the spirits run so uh rob what are you getting on the second third on this how is it performing it hasn't changed other than the that rye toast and baking spices for me right now there's a slight nuttiness in there for me um i'm having a hard time keeping mine going i think it's just talking and not paying attention to it this one does want to be kept up on yeah um which it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing considering its size. Um, this cigar would take you forever to smoke otherwise. But uh, yeah, no, there's there's a slight nutty character in there for me. It almost reminds me of uh, almonds. Um, like you open open a pack of almonds, just that smell. Yeah. Um, 
That's a good good idea. Maybe like a macadamia nut almost. Oh, I could see that. Something like that. Yeah. Or like a sweet nut, not a yeah, yeah, yeah. not like a black black walnut or something like that. Yeah, totally. So is PCA this week or is it next um, week? When's this airing? Mm. No, I'm uh, like literally right no, now as we no, sit. No, it's it's in July. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the first week of July, I believe. Okay. So in a week and uh-huh. a half or so from now, have you seen any cigars announced, like as a that are going to be PCA releases that you're looking forward to? I have not. Yeah. So um, no one's real. Everyone's being kind of tight lipped. Yeah. There's there's speculation, but there's nothing really out there. Like, well, I mean, some of them have pre-released. Like the Warhead Nine got out before, which I'm glad to see it got out before. Um. That tells me that the the new Los Calaveras from Espinosa will probably be coming out from Crown Heads, from, not Espinosa. Um, no, I meant the Los Ace Provincia. Yeah, my, yeah. my bad. The Los Calaveras from Crown Heads will be coming out for sure. Um, es- or Aladino has the new uh, cigar coming out, which they've, they've been tight lipped about. Um, there'll be a lot of them. I'm, we're we're really still hoping that Rojas comes out with the full full size street taco maduro cuz that thing is absolutely delicious but i have seen some of the the pca deals coming through already and they're not really saying what the the new cigars are yet so we'll see we'll see what they are uh crown heads has been pretty loose lipped with everything that they've got going they kind of have yeah um so looks like they've got a new blend on the lapatisser um coming out or ho- however that's pronounced lapatisser yeah, so it is a um, six and six and a half. For whatever reason, they decided to list it by six and four eighths. Okay, or maybe the box says six and an eighth. I don't know. Six, six by fifty-two. Lapatisser and a Bellicoso. The okay. other thing that's coming, which I'm kind of excited about is a new cigar to the Mildias line. And uh, I need to find... I hadn't seen that one. So it's the Topes, and it's... Toast? Topes. Topes. It's a four and a half by 56. So it's a shorter and fat cigar, which I think could be good in the Mildias blend. Yeah, so I don't like that size. But for your morning stick... It's going to be a uh, constant cigar in the Mildias line for them. I'm showing Rob a picture yeah. right now. Um, Is it just the regular Mildias blend? Regular Mildias blend, just okay. in a new size. Okay. Other thing is, is they've released the Las Calaveras, and this year it's yellow. Yellow, yeah, yeah. Which is a uh, cool look for them. And the as uh, Dave said, it, their limited release size is going to be a Bellicoso this year. Yeah. So that's a, it, it's going to be a really a really cool thing. Now, I will tell you right now, I didn't order near the stock I did last year. Yeah. Because I still have stock from last year yeah. that didn't sell yet. So this is going to be a little bit more limited. And honestly, I think it's a little bit more limited this year for them, too. It is. So um, um, I know a lot, a lot of places around the country, especially Nashville, they sell out in days. Yeah. Ours won't sell out in days, but, you know, you'll have a chance – 
to come in here and get last year's and this year's at the same time if you wanted to do them side by side too. Yeah. The uh, the sampler packs are totally worth buying on the Los Calaveras. Hundred percent. This uh, year there's a is it a Bellicoso? It's a Bellicoso. It's a special. Yeah. So every year they do three sizes. And then they have one size as, as the fourth one. The sample yeah, for the pack past couple of years, yet. it's been Lancero, Lancero, which have been they've been the best crazy one. Crazy good, <laughs> crazy good. But I'm sure the Bell and I love Bellicosos too. Yeah. as long as it's not a Bellicoso that's 56 or 58 ring gauge on the main side. Yeah. Oh, it'll be just fine. It, it'll be good. <laughs> um, <coughs> have you heard anything on the Lost Sace? Is it still going to be at the AJ Factory? I'm sure it will be. Yeah, they typically yeah. are. Um, so, well, that'll be a good question because we got we got um, Eric coming Thursday, so that'll be a question I'll ask him about too. And by Thursday, we're recording this two weeks two weeks in ahead. Yeah, so sorry so, about that. Yeah, uh, just because I'm out of town. Sorry, it's a little early. It's all for right. You. So you want to tell people about what you're going to do, or did we already talk about we that last week? We talked about it last week. Okay, okay. Uh, last week, okay. but as a refresher, if you didn't listen to, to last week's episode, first of all, you're a fake fan. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in Brazil on a missions trip. Um, so the week after that, we'll catch back up to recording the week of. Um, but, yeah, I'll be in Brazil, hopefully living the dream. Um, so my band on this cigar came right came, off. came off pretty well. Okay. But it's not, it's not really well, amazing. The bands are the hard part is double side splits in the band. Yeah. The crux, which is a cool look. It looks really cool on the cigar. It just makes it harder to take it off. Although, but it did come off clean. Although mine came tear. off pretty easily. So, yeah. and, uh, on, on this, I guess I could count that in the overall experience category. Yeah. You know, for you, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's part of your experience. It is. Um, because the, the bands that are just dying to come off, I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, like you just flip you them with your you thumb. You flip your thumb and it pops yeah. right off. Yeah. yeah those are the best. It's great. And I'm finishing up the second third into the final third now. Well, go ahead and talk about it because I'm, mine's, mine's slow burning. So. On the retro hail, I am. It is definitely. Uh, I would still say rye toast on the retro hail and uh, red pepper um, on the palate. On the palate, it still has those rye toast notes, but it it's bringing in more of that nuttiness, which I think is coming from the more uh, the more char. Yeah, well, and the um, the habano. Is typically going to give you some of the nuttiness, some of the um, the baking spice notes, and I think where where you're getting the red pepper in this one from is probably from that the binder and filler being all you know higher priming Nicaragua. Yeah. Um, now they don't say exactly what Nicaraguan it could be anything, but a lot of times when you find that Nicaraguan binder and filler, you get a little bit more of the the pepper spices. And this one, it's really blending into that red pepper cayenne kind of note. Yeah, and I I would also say nutmeg on the palate. Um, it it hasn't changed a lot as I'm transitioning from the second third into the final third. Um, but on the second third, 
I think I might give it a three. Oh yeah, just because it. I think the first third might have been more complex than the second third. I'm I'm definitely with you on that. And Mine I, dropped down, but not quite that far. Mine only dropped down to about a four. Right? Well, probably a three and a half on the on the um, okay. on the second third. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm anticipating. I'm not disappointed by it. No, and I'm anticipating that the um, the final third is going to kick up a little bit because just the way this second third is kicked up a little bit in strength, I think the final third might actually be a, a good finish to the cigar. Which cigars, a lot of them typically do mellow out in that second third and they come back in the final third. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to wait until I get fully into the final third and probably start burning my fingers to really give it the yeah. rating. Which will be good because about that time I'll be getting into the final third probably. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say um, the rye finished in port has been a really good pairing with this cigar. Yeah. So I think any of the um, whiskeys we have on the shelf that are finished will go great with this cigar, which we found for the most part, most Habanos go really nice with with the whiskeys that are finished. I also think this would go well with that Lin Cantata. I think it would go really well with Brandy's period. Yeah. Um, the, the Copper and Kings as well. Yeah. Um, both of our new Brandy's coming will be perfect. That that Cabernet or that wine finish one yeah, the wine is going to be absolutely perfect with this cigar, which we'll still have them. This is a regular release cigar. So Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be called wine finish because if you like – I don't think they know what wine it was, but no, it definitely uh, leans towards cab. Yeah. Um, you could, if you watch the video on YouTube of our barrel pick experience, you could hear them talk about it and try and figure out what wine barrel it was. Yeah. And uh, nobody knows. Which I don't know if, do you remember if he said if that was a wine barrel they got from Europe or was that one of their wine barrels? From, not one of theirs. Okay. So, because that's. That's one thing you find with a lot of these distilleries, especially the smaller distilleries. They will go out, and Starlight's big on this. They will go out and find the most unique barrels overseas and ship them here. And I know of, I know for a fact that Starlight has bought two barrels, and it cost them, what, like 40 grand for the yeah. two barrels to get them over here? And it, was that the, the cognac or the, or the Armagnac barrels? Armagnac. And, um, you know, these the big old 80-gallon Armagnac barrels – and um, they sent them over here. And you know what? The good thing about those barrels are they got they're not one-time use. You yeah. can use them multiple times, and all they're going to do is change complexity. I mean, the thing is with Armagnac is you're talking about uh, – in a lot of Armagnac production, I, actually all of it, as far as it, as far as I understand and as far as it is traditionally understood, is Armagnac is made in that region just – when the uh, just as something to put back as an insurance policy for the winemakers, really. So they have people pull up with stills, like they they will distill it on their farm, and basically it's an insurance policy for if they have a bad year of wine, they're able to sell that off and still be able to provide for provide for their family and for their farm. And did it just take off and became a? staple as well or it's what starting to take off but but still you don't find armagnacs no made like that lincoln tata is basically an in, they're an independent bottler so they're buying barrels of armagnac from a bunch of different producers because there's not I, i'm sure there is like 
big Armagnac producers in that region. But they're, uh, Lynn Cantata is buying barrels off of different uh, farmers whose, whose main thing would be wine otherwise. Huh. So, uh, so basically tailgating at the winery and making, making whiskey. As stupid as that sounds, it, it sounds much. like that's true. That's yeah. wild. So is Lincoln Tata, is that a is that a brandy finishing Armagnac barrels? Is that what that is? Um or is that truly an Armagnac? Lincoln Tata across the board always starts as Armagnac. Okay. The one that we have, which is the tattoo series, was finished in bourbon barrels, so it has to be called a brandy. Gotcha. Um, okay, that makes sense. For it to be called an Armagnac, it has to be um, fully aged in French oak in that region. Gotcha. Um, but it can be a new French oak barrel, but majority of the time they're used and repaired over and over and over yeah. again. And that's what you find in Scotch and Irish and especially in Scotch. You know, most of those barrels they're getting are coming from America, bourbon. Yeah. And they're just they're just aging their stuff in ex bourbon barrels. Here, here's a funny thing, and I, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but like Lagavulin is a Diageo company, and Diageo is a big brand, owns like Bullet. They they own a, a lot of other spirits, that, but they own the Bullet line, and they also own um, George Dickel. Yeah. There is a theory that, that says that George Dickel was made just to supply barrels to Lagavulin. Yeah. Which, which wouldn't surprise would make sense. Me. Yeah. I'm, I mean, obviously, so they've got it down pat. So where are they located? Dickel? Com- no, Campari. Campari? Or wait, who? Diageo. Diageo, I'm sorry. Diageo, yeah. Where are they? Where, where are they stationed out? Are they are they a Japanese owned company? No. Because um, there because there's a lot. We were talking about this this week. There's, a lot of the big distilleries down in Kentucky are being bought up by, but being bought up or have already been bought up by Japanese-owned companies. Yeah, like Beam is all Beam Centauri. Yeah, Beam Centauri. Um, Sazerac isn't that a Japanese brand? I am unsure of that. Actually. Which owns Buffalo Tra- Trace and all that. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure who. Diageo, where Diageo's at. Um, Campari is originally, I think they're an Italian company. That Campari makes sense. Is. It sounds like it, yeah. yeah. Um, but Diageo owns everything from Johnny Walker to Tanqueray, Bailey's to Captain Morgan and Smirnoff. Like, yeah. It, well, we were talking about that last time. It's just, it's so funny to, you know, we, we get ourselves in a hole of thinking about what distilleries make. Like Heaven Hill, you think of the you know the big four or five things that they make, and yeah. they've got they got stuff in every category of liquor available. Well, yeah, I mean they uh, big brands like Heaven Hill, which Heaven Hill Group is is a thing. Um, where, whereas a lot of brands are being bought up by Campari Group, which owns Wild Turkey. Or Beam Suntory, which owns uh, all the Knob Creek and all of that stuff. But Heaven Hill is still a U.S. owned company. I, I'm unsure of, uh, yeah, I'm unsure of Sazerac Group where they're where they're out of. But I do. Uh, they own a ton of spirits. 
a ton of them, even just past the stuff that um, comes out of the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Yeah. Um, I would. I know I'm not quite there yet, but I'm starting to get those final third kind of notes anyway on this. Um, are you getting a nice umami kind of thing going now? I am, yeah. Um, this is getting savory, and it's, it's also kind of funny, too, because it's starting to make my mouth water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that savory kind of note in there right now, just on the palate, I mean, I didn't even retrohale. It just was coating my my palate really nice, which means I feel like this is kicking up in a little bit more complexity now. Is. So I, I am in the final third and it is that, um, I'd say it transitioned more back to a wheat toast and it has that umami note and on the retro hail, it's a stronger red pepper, but not yep. a knock you over red pepper. No, it still does that wild thing where when you first blow it out, it's like, Oh, it's a nice mild red pepper. Then all of a sudden, boom, it hits you. <laughs> made me sneeze again yeah there you go dang love it um so okay and we can finish out our flavors and stuff like that as we go too yeah. but so the the overall experience is worth 35 points so okay. this is really where it kind of makes or breaks your cigar the first one and honestly they're pretty much the same thing it's did did i enjoy the cigar what was my overall impression of the cigar that's yeah. two different categories, both worth 17 and a half points. Did I enjoy the cigar? I I think I did. I did, yeah. I, mean, I definitely enjoyed we it. We may have nitpicked a few things, and that's one thing you'll find is when you're doing this, you'll nitpick them. I mean, if you if you get a cigar and you give it 100, it's... I mean, I will tell you right now, the highest rated cigar I think I've ever rated was probably still my Padron 26. And what'd you rate that? And I think it was like 99. Okay. Um, I almost get a perfect experience every time I smoke that cigar. And I was trying. And that's one thing. I When I get a cigar like that, I really, really try to nitpick the heck out of it. Because I'm like, yeah. it can't be perfect. There's nothing perfect. I, I mean, it's a handmade product. It's a handmade product. The but leaves, are, leaves depend on the season. Yeah. Everything like that. Um, I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, out of 17 and a half points, did I enjoy the cigar? I'm probably about 16. That's where I'm at. Um, if, it, if it weren't for the slight burn issues I've had, it would be a 17. Yeah. And I would probably be about 15 and a half on the overall impression. Yeah. Because um, there were a couple right? little things. I'm, you know, just like I said, the draw was a little tight for me. Um, the uh, smoke output for me was a little bit less than you. So obviously. It's just probably the cigar I got. Yeah. Um, the draw, like I said, was just a little too tight, a little tighter than what I like. Okay. So let's say, uh, yeah, I'm willing to give that a 15 as well. So I got a 31 on the overall experience. The final third, I'd still like to give it a minute before I rate that. But I mean, this cigar is, I mean, it's performing really well. Really well. Of course, anything that comes into this shop, Rob believes in. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're trying. I mean, there's there's cigars in there that we don't smoke, but the reason why we don't smoke them is because we don't like sweet cigars. Yeah. And people smoke the hell out of them, so yeah, we're do. gonna bring them in for people that want those. But I guarantee you, if it was a, I mean, if if the Deadwoods came in here and they were 
they wouldn't burn right and they would they were not constructed well i wouldn't care if people wanted that cigar or not i wouldn't bring them in because i don't want people to have a bad experience with that cigar i'll find something that you'll enjoy yeah totally so yeah final third is where we're at right now for the flavor notes um i do feel like it kicked back up a little bit for me mm -hmm. um second third was a little bit on the lower end for me um but the final third i, I would I'd probably jump it back to a four. Okay. Um, I think that first third was still the best part of the cigar for me. Just because yeah. I think the I think the the overall start was really, really nice. So this is just slightly behind it, maybe. Also on this chart, you have overall flavor impression. So that's just rating all the all of it together. The entire yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and basically what that ends up being is an average of what you've had there. I mean, for for me, that would probably end up putting that at uh, one out of ten. Yeah. That'd probably put that at about seven, seven and a half. Yeah, that's seven, what I was thinking as well. Seven? I, I'd give it a seven and a half. Yeah, half. that's where I was thinking, seven and a half. Cause, so so um, we can add these up now. And, and, and like I said, it could switch a little bit towards the end, but... So my score for this cigar, I'm gonna have to bring out my calculator so I do it well. Same here. I'll let you do your score first. So <laughs> I'm actually lower than I thought I would be on this cigar. Uh, I I do really enjoy it, but this cigar scored an 85 for me. Yep, I'm an 84 and a half. Which again, that is in the very good category. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've just had these for about a week, maybe. Yeah. Um, as these sit and get a little bit of age on them, I could see this jumping four or five points easily and be close to a ninety. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I really think a lot of the burn issues that I had on mine, which again, they're not burn issues. Somebody sitting here smoking in the lounge is not going to be bothered by the slight inconsistency of yeah. burn that I had. But they, uh, I mean, all of that, I think, if they sit around a little bit longer, will be fixed. Oh, yeah. So that'd probably bump it up to an 88. Easy. Um, so. Yeah, honestly, I mean, the, the few little things that got dinged on this one was probably just because it's a little young. Yeah. Um, everything else could, these all could easily and bump back up. When he says young, he doesn't mean ammonia young. No, just, it needs to have some time to marry and and maybe uh, maybe acclimate better to the consistency of the humidor. Who knows? These uh, port finished rise, <sighs> very good with it. They really are. I am leaning heavily towards the Starlight as my favorite of the two right now. Yeah, I, I would say the same. Um, the starlight brought a lot of viscosity and sweetness to it. Well, and now with the cigar, with that kind of a mommy savoriness coming through, I feel like I'm getting a little hint of a campfire smoke in that whiskey oh, yeah. now too, which cool. is kind of nice. That is nice. Yeah. It's a, oh man, this, I mean, uh, I mean, most Habanos across the board will go well with port finish things. They do. Like, you could do Dovetail with this. It'd be great. Do our Starlight Ryan Port. It'd be fantastic. Do the Maverick with it. It'd be great. 
also the backbone get, would be really good with it too. Yeah, I think the backbone light whiskey could be good with it. That as would be well. good too. Yeah, uh, along with the Nulu uh, toasted. Sounds like we got some drinking to do. <laughs> Somebody said they didn't want to go back to work. So no, I take, I think I have today off as far oh, as I'm good, concerned. Good, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. Anything else you can think of to add to the cause? I don't think so. We've All already right. ran long enough today. Yeah. So. Uh, well, this is a this has just been a breakdown of the cigar and and Rob's uh, rating sheet. So if you like this and you'd like to see us do more of it, uh, let us know. Also, if you want this uh, sheet, reach out to Rob at yeah. Final Third Cigar. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he could send it your way. Oh yeah, so. easily for sure. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening in. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Final Third Cigar. You can find me at the Whiskey Pastor. And yeah, you know, keep listening to us. You know, like like he had said earlier, if you have any uh, questions you want for Alan Bishop, let us know those. Because by the time this records, we'll probably be setting up a, a meeting with him over the next couple of weeks, yep. and we'll be ready to take you down there and meet him and, and really chat with him too. So, well, thanks a lot, guys, and we will see you next week. Cheers! Cheers. Cheers.